the dogger I met, I called her amiga, which means friend in Spanish. Little amiga. She's so sweet and I really want to adopt her. I've had all these irrational thoughts, like maybe, maybe I could stay here and get her fixed up by like a dog rescue place and like foster her for a bit and then try and get her back to Vancouver and that I'd have to move apartments because I'm not allowed dogs and all this stuff. Just haven't uh, connected with an animal like that in, I don't know, if I've ever connected with like a street dog before. Um, I just feel like I want her in my life. She's a really, really well-behaved dog and she's street smart and she's really friendly, really affectionate. Anyway, everyone was encouraging me to foster her and the girl that took us on our tour is affiliated with the dog rescue place. So I'm like, fuck, okay, I'm going to like look into it. It's not going to happen, but it's fun to think about. So I got this voice note back in February 2022 from my dear friend, Rach. Rach is originally from New Zealand, but lives in Vancouver, Canada. Rach recorded this message while wandering the streets of Oaxaca, which is a city in Mexico that's considered a bit of a cultural hub due to its awesome artistic, cultural and foodie scene. What happened next is honestly so lovely and unexpected that I just had to ask Rach to be my guest and to share her story with you all. I really hope you enjoy it. And as always, I promise it won't be boring. So I've traveled a lot, obviously, as you know, um, but I've actually never been to Mexico. Um, And I I know that it's been like a really special place for you, Rach, over the last few years. Um, Can you tell us like about your first few trips there or your first trip there and what made you love it so much? Yeah, I love Mexico. I think like 2014 or 2013, I went there for the first time when I did a big round the world trip um, by myself. And I went to Tulum on the Yucatan Peninsula, um, which is on the east coast of Mexico. And it was just beautiful. Like I was looking, now it's like a bit of an influencer spot. (laughs) But back then it was much less that. And it was just beautiful beaches, really, really chill. I was really just looking for beach time. Um, And I went down there and I had a great time. And there's a lot of like history. There's ruins down there. There's these things called cenotes where they're like beautiful, cool pools within caves that you can go swimming in. Um, and it was just fun. I met a lot of people. So I, I'd mainly done a lot of coastal trips before, yeah. but never gone inland, um, which was what my recent trip was. Yeah. So I went in February this year. We had been in two years of pandemic lockdowns kind of doing nothing going nowhere never leaving my neighborhood and I'm originally from New Zealand but I couldn't actually get into New Zealand so I couldn't go home and see my family so I was like I need to get out I need to do something and I live in Canada now and February is the most depressing month in winter it's really it's just like that time where you're like ah I need sunshine. So I decided after a few years of depressing Februarys to leave for a whole month. And I have a job where I can work remotely. So there was really nothing stopping me. And I decided I wanted to go to Mexico. I'd seen a few like various documentaries, followed a few artists down there who do pottery and really wanted to go to Mexico City. 
Um, I just heard a lot of great things about it. Real foodie kind of city. So I decided to go for months and I split my time between Mexico City and Oaxaca. And I met up with a friend like halfway through and we went to the coast of Oaxaca. But mostly I spent all the time, like three weeks by myself inland. And it was just wonderful. Like so much better than the coast. (laughs) That's awesome. Like what was the weather like in um, Mexico City at at that time of year? Is it it also winter or is it just quite warm? I think it's winter for them, but it was perfect for me. Like it was... Mm. I think around like early to mid twenties, it was just so perfect. A lot of people were wearing like puffer jackets in the morning, the locals, <laughs> but I'm like out in shorts and a t-shirt. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was perfect. The best time. I love that feeling of like hopping on a flight and then going from winter, which is what I experience often in Europe. And then just being able to thaw out somewhere oh, I know. where that heat hits you as you leave the plane and you're like, totally. Oh <laughs> I know. And I just oh. loved the like culture shock of, of arriving there, you know, after like being in my living room for two years and then being in this, this place where I didn't, I don't speak Spanish. I learned the basics and just like relearning things for the first time. It was, yeah, it was wonderful. You'd been in lockdown for two years, like all of us, but you hadn't been able to do any travel. Is that right? Like, or, or had you been able to kind of do any regional travel around Vancouver or was this literally like the first flight you'd had in two years? This was the first flight I'd had in over two years yeah like two years almost to the day because my last trip before COVID hit was a work trip how did it feel like how what was the vibe it was exciting it was kind of scary because there's all the logistics of vaccinations and stuff but um actually Mexico you just had to prove you're vaccinated you didn't have to do a COVID test so that was a little bit easier um, yeah. but yeah, it was weird. It's a different time wearing masks and, and a lot of the mm. protocols and stuff, but it was so exciting. As soon as the wheels went up, like as soon as we took off from Vancouver airport and I could just see it disappearing, it was, it <laughs> felt really real then. It was like, I'm going somewhere. Okay, so you're in Mexico and um, did you plan to work remotely from Mexico or were you going for a month off, like holiday? I had three weeks off actually. So yeah, I didn't work. Like the first three weeks I was not working at all. And it took me probably it took me like a week and a half to actually switch off and not care about yeah. time. You know what I mean? When you're in that vacation <laughs> yeah. mode. Enough that there's yeah. no agenda. So Mexico City is a huge city. Like I didn't even scratch the surface, but I was strategic about where I stayed and what I did. And it's just such an amazing foodie city. Like I just ate Mm. my way around and drank my way around like a few neighborhoods. I stayed um, mainly in two neighborhoods, Condesa and Romanote and stunning hotels. I booked in at a famous restaurant. It was on chef's table, Pujol. And that was incredible, like absolute culinary experience. I was there for like three and a half hours, I think, doing the degustation, tasting menu. And oh it was gosh. amazing, like very yeah. stunning, very expensive, but worth it. You know, it was a real experience. It's really hard to get in there. So I had to book like a month before arriving. 
It's um, funny, like I know how hard it is to get in there because just for fun, sometimes I put myself on like waiting lists or like put, I set alerts on open table <laughs> for them to That's tell me when idea. tables come up in restaurants. Yeah. And I have an alert set for Pujol, which is ridiculous because I haven't been to Mexico and I don't know when I could go, but I'm like, oh, a table's come up like six months from now. I'll come <laughs> with you next time. I'll go again. <laughs> and so obviously you were um, traveling solo. What, what, what was that like a full three and a half hour, whatever, fine dining experience solo? And in fact, like any type of dining experiences during that time, like going out at night is one of my fear areas, like alone, mm. not because I'm physically in danger, but because I feel a bit weird because everyone's like on dates or with families. And I just, I often like will order, let's say I might sit at the bar so that I can like chat to someone at least, but I definitely tend to like be more comfortable at lunchtime. Um, I 100% agree with you. Um, it was This trip actually really got me out of my shell with that. So Pujol was great. They strategically placed all the people sitting by themselves together at these little oh, tables, really? like like single, yeah, like little tables for one, I guess, or two. Um, so yeah. I ended up like chatting to the people next to me, and that was kind of fun. And when all our courses were timed differently, so we're all like chatting about what we're eating. So that was oh. fun. There was a lot to look at and a lot to do. Um, but yeah, I'm the same as you, Annie. I'm fine going out for lunch by myself, but the dinners thing was hard, but I decided to just push through because there was so many places I wanted to try and I love wine and natural wine as well. And there's just this abundance of interesting little wine bars that I just love. And there was one that I absolutely fell in love with where I had like my first, I'd call it a date night by myself. It felt really romantic by myself. I don't know. I had this <laughs> I like it. this this experience. I just was so happy in this little bar in Mexico City called Loop Bar. It's like French, I think, L O U P, and it's owned by like a French guy and a local Mexican guy, and it's a natural wine bar. And it was just the food and the wine and the music and everything was amazing. And I just had the best time. And I went back there probably three or four times and they ended up recognizing me, but that really, unlocked. <laughs> you're a local. <laughs> yeah. That night, I think at that place really unlocked, um, unlocked just like how special it is going out for dinner by yourself. And I didn't care after that. And I decided like, this is why I'm here, right? I'm here to, experience these things I don't want to sit in my hotel room eating takeout which is probably what I would have done before so quick little recap like Mexico City was amazing it got quite a lot in the end by myself and once I got to Oaxaca um the main city there it was much smaller and just like I just felt at home there it was amazing so like my first or like I don't know I've been there a couple of days and Near my hotel is this really great cafe called Kyo Cafe, and I got my coffee there, and they had this little map that one of their artist friends had drawn up of the city, which plotted little, like, creative studios and places to shop and restaurants and cafes and stuff. So I took that, and I went off exploring probably, like, 10, 10 10.30 in the morning, and I had a croissant and a coffee. Lots of amazing bakeries in Mexico. Um, Oh, really? Yeah, like amazing. Um, And I found myself in this park and I was like, oh, this is this beautiful park. I was sitting by a fountain and I sat down. I was drinking my coffee and just people watching. And I noticed this little, I was by myself. 
I noticed this little, this dog, like, wandering around. I love dogs. There's tons of cute dogs in Mexico. Love any animal. And this dog just looked so happy. She was such a vibe. And I noticed a, um, a lady pulled food out of a bag and was trying to feed her. And I was like, oh, maybe she's a street dog. Aww. And I was just watching her, like, wandering around, almost smiling at people, just wanting to, like, hang out with them. So I called her over. And she's so friendly and she's very thirsty. So I gave her all my water out of my water bottle and we ended up hanging Aww. out for like an hour or an hour and a half. <laughs> she is just so cute. And there was a moment where we were sitting on, she was just sitting next to me and she was so comfortable. She just like leaned into me. And that Aww. moment, I think I just, my heart melted, like absolutely melted. And I was like, this dog, there's something really special about her. It was a connection for sure. And I think I fell yeah. in love with her right then and there. Oh, I, I know. <laughs> and I called her like my little amiga, which is like friend in Spanish. And yeah, I didn't want to leave her. I tried to walk away and she was like following me because I had things to do. And yeah, it was really tough to walk away from her and, like, I had to lose her almost. And that's when I sent you that voice note after that. Yeah, so I, I left and she was on my mind all day. Like, I kept, you know, every time I saw a dog, I'm like, is that her? I actually I had some photos that I took of her and I did some research that day of local dog rescue places and I found this little place that had a pretty active Instagram called... Um, caravana canina uh i just messaged them on instagram pictures of her and saying like this is a really lovely dog like i had no thoughts of adopting or anything at this point i was like someone has to adopt this dog she's just so awesome and just sent her details to them and that was that yeah i couldn't get her off out of my mind and and was messaging, I think, lots of people pictures of her. <laughs> just like, I met this cool dog and <laughs> just so excited. And I signed up to do this Airbnb experience, which was um, a biking tour of Oaxaca City, looking at street art, because there was tons of amazing street art. And we're all biking around. And I told everyone on my <laughs> in my biking group about this dog. Like, was so obsessed I was. And... Um, we had stopped we're like halfway through this this biking tour and we're looking at this art and I noticed this dog I'm like oh my god <laughs> like screamed like there's my dog and like amiga that's what I was calling her then and she came running up and was just so sweet it felt like she recognized me but who knows um she loves everybody but yeah she everyone fell in love with her and she followed us for the whole biking tour for the rest of the afternoon and was running beside I mean, our bikes and hanging out with us. And it was just amazing. That is, okay, that is, like, so crazy. And you, like, maybe I can replay one of my voice notes as well, being like, what the hell? That's a sign. <laughs> like, I was, like, obsessed. I was obsessed with the chance of it. But, like, how big is Oaxaca? Like, you know, in terms of, like, the odds of this happening, like, how unlikely is it or do you think it's not that, not that well yeah well Oaxaca's not that big like it's it's a city but it's not like a city with more villagey I guess like when you're in the middle mm-hmm. um but we were quite far away from from the park where I met her the first time 
But I think she's also yeah. she had good street hustle, right? Like she stole my heart, and she she knows to follow tourists and and act cute and get cuddles and food and things. So I think she was hitting up a lot of the like popular spots during the day. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, she's- it did feel like it, I thought it felt like a sign running into her again for sure. And everyone was very encouraging about adopting her and it turned out the woman who ran our bike tour who took us out she was actually friends with the people that run the dog like the adoption shelter place that I messaged like two days before because I didn't hear back from them instantly she gave me the name and like a different way of contacting them and she was really encouraging about adopting she almost wanted me to like why don't you just take her now (laughs) I was like I wish I could I thought about staying there long term and like rescuing her and stuff but um that was a little bit crazy at the time so like how did you go from you know, meeting a cute dog to meeting her again by chance and then being like, oh, my God, it's a sign and, like, being with a group who, you know, and these kind of ideas of adoption were floating around. How did it progress from that point? Because I I do remember from my side I was very encouraging um, because I know that you had been for a while thinking about getting a pet. Um, But then I think there was a period of a week or two or maybe even a few weeks where you had kind of dropped the idea or you told me that, you know, it seemed a bit ridiculous. Maybe can you can you talk us through like how that progressed and like maybe some of the factors that were standing in the way of you of you adopting? Yeah, there was a lot. It was a, a total it's a big commitment getting a dog, first and foremost. And I, I love animals so much and I was I'm the dog I was the dog sitter of my friend group and I'd jump at the chance to look after a friend's dog and my apartment that I had lived in had really good rent um for six years I'm not allowed pets there and there was no changing their mind uh, at the time but it it progressed it was I felt I went through different mind mindsets of like this is ridiculous like you can't do this what are you what are you thinking you're just on holiday and you're over romanticizing this idea and then there was the piece of me that was like come on you're 40 like (laughs) you love animals this is the right time you've just been in a pandemic for two years in lockdown alone you know I don't have pets and don't have a partner and it was tough like being alone and craving just something different in my life so I I feel like I, I experienced that the whole rest of my trip um there was a moment like it took a while to hear back from the shelter like I ended up I didn't really hear back straight away on Instagram so I remember on my I was at the airport in Oaxaca on my way to fly to the coast to meet up with my friend Joe and hey Joe hi Joe <laughs> I just decided to email them on their website and I sent this big like love letter about her um oh. and yeah and then I I know I didn't hear back straight away and that went to my junk mail and I didn't check to my junk mail because who does and um yeah it was probably towards the end of my trip that communication started to get more serious and they found her so I got um and found this heard that oh hang on this dog barking (laughs) no it's the neighbor's dog but stop hi Luke Lupa, it's not your turn to talk. I know. Hi, Lupa. Lupa, it's Auntie Annie. Lupi. Hi, Lupa. Come here. It's this very reactive dog. Um, a few doors up, and this little yappy dog barks every time someone walks past. Um, okay, where was I? 
So you... Oh, Lupa. <laughs> so sassy. Oh, I miss her so much. Um... Yeah, so um, right throughout this whole period of like messaging them and in two minds, I'm getting advice from friends like you of like, just do it, make it happen. This is a sign <laughs> and other friends that are more practical, but like working through it. And yeah, it was this whole whole thing. And then I um, started like messaging um, Caitlin was the woman, amazing woman that I dealt with more, more frequently. And they found her and they never find dogs. Like she's like, oh we never just go and find dogs for people but she turned up so it was like every time I let go of the idea of adopting Lupa something should come back into my life whether it was a message from Caitlin or you know whatnot like they found her and I was like oh my god they found her and they sent me some photos of her and I was like oh looked like her it really did but I was like there's something about this dog that doesn't quite seem right and they said she was pregnant and I was like I'm pretty sure she wasn't pregnant and I'm like googling all these things like how to tell if a dog's pregnant you know like <laughs> what what are the signs like if she wasn't fully pregnant yet um and it just didn't feel right so like that was probably like a week of back and forth and luckily it had taken like tons of pictures of her and she had a little scar on the top of her head and a few other distinct things um, so we, we, we determined it wasn't her. So I was like, ah, oh, it's a bit heartbroken, I gotta say. It's like, that's not her. Maybe it's like her sister or brother or something. And then, like, a few more days went by, and she's like, we found her <laughs> again. Like, someone else found Lupa and brought her to Caitlin. And she, it was actually her. Like, I got the photos and they sent me videos and stuff of her, and it was definitely her. And I was like, there's no way I cannot adopt this dog. Like, I'm gonna make oh it happen. And I think by this point, it was, like, closer to the end of my trip, and I decided I was going to do it. And you were talking me through how to approach my (laughs) landlord strategically. And I wrote this big email and whatever, and that didn't land. Like, they were just, like, a no-dog policy. So I was like, right, I'm moving. And by this point, I'm back, back in Vancouver after my month away, and moving like looking to move and the rental market in Vancouver is pretty shitty like I've been at my place six years and I loved it and my rent hadn't gone up once in that time so it was a bit of a sticker shock um but I somehow made it happen all within a month like it's really hard (laughs) to get rentals and I just went like it was it was my mission to like make this happen and then I realized there's just a lot of hurdles and I realized I was like oh well I want to go back down and get her and like bring her back but then I realized my permanent residency card so I'm on permanent resident visa status here in in Canada had expired and it takes ages to get a new one and if I leave the country which I can do I can't just fly back in because I don't have this card so I couldn't go and get her so then we had to figure out how to fly her up here and you have to have a companion on a flight Mm. um, for any any pet and uh, I don't know. Somehow Caitlin found someone. There's this woman here. She's amazing. Tanya. Hi, Tanya. If you listen to this. Um, she was going down to Oaxaca for, I think, like an art workshop that Caitlin was running. That's what she does as well as rescue dogs. 
and she said she would fly back loop her back for me which was incredible and it was really easy actually it's like I come from New Zealand where if you bring up an animal in they're in quarantine for like six to eight weeks before you can mm. get them and it's really expensive but luckily in Canada you just need a vet certificate a special one to say they don't have um rabies and things like that and they can come in and they just pay for their flight which is not very expensive so yeah um this is just i it's such an amazing story of like all these people who are essentially strangers that you got to know but like these people that don't you know that you met on this trip just pulled together and helped you make it happen and i just think it's such a it's such a testament to these lovely caring people that kind of rally together it is amazing it's really like the kindness of strangers you know restored faith in humanity a little bit through through this whole whole thing like everyone that I you know talked to or got advice from or that helped me was just incredible can't believe yeah. it yeah Lupa has no idea oh my gosh. how many people pulled together <laughs> to get her here <laughs> Um, so like, was there any, um, moment, let's say before you pulled the trigger or was there, was there a real like moment of pulling the trigger or did it just kind of snowball? And before you knew it, it had happened. Like, was that kind of a big, like the biggest blockage for you? Like, oh, I'd have to move apartments for this dog. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. That was the first one. And then it was the, like, once I made my mind up, it was easy. You know, I think the hardest thing sometimes with change is like making the decision. But um, then it was, like, the logistics. It's like, oh, God, I have to, like, I'm responsible for this dog. You know, I have to walk them every day, and I can't just, like, go and travel whenever I want. It was it was the, the commitment thing that I really had to make sure I was, like, down for. Because um, yeah. it is a big commitment, and I didn't want to be – I didn't want to do it and get all excited about it and go for it and then regret my decisions and feel like a shitty a shitty person um so there's a lot of that there was even moments of like oh, I have to pick up her shit like every day <laughs> this is like that's gross <laughs> stupid shit like that and now now I'm I don't care I'm worried if she doesn't poop or something it's really funny the whole the fun- dog, <laughs> dog owner mindset <laughs> um I want to get into the details of like dog life in a minute but like on that note I do remember like you know, you, you're an animal lover in general. I think when we met many years ago, um, you were potentially more into cats, but I think I always thought like I was just waiting for you to get a dog. It's just been inevitable for me that you would be a dog mom. Um, but you did say to me, I remember you did say like one of your main um, doubts or like blockages was the whole idea of picking up shit every day. <laughs> I know. Isn't that silly? It's like, it's not that bad. <laughs> She, I'm, yeah, I'm lucky. She's not a gross dog. Like, I think there's a lot of <laughs> gross dogs or, like, puppies. Puppies are really tough. But, yeah. And and I was also worried about dog hair, like, fur everywhere. Um, that was another thing because um, I, all my stuff's quite light-colored and, yeah. Yeah, that's funny. Like, um, I've actually got some rapid-fire questions that I want to sure. ask you at the end for a bit of fun. And one of them was, we, we can do one right now. Um, dog hair, can you learn to live with it? <laughs> I can because luckily Lupa is like very short hair. 
Like she doesn't have a yeah. lot of fur. Um, but I have friends. One, some of my really good friends have a husky. She is, she's beautiful. She's like fluffy white fur, which I think can get everywhere. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I think it depends. Black. Depends. I vacuum every day almost. Um, okay. My little dice That's a lot of vacuuming. Up. <laughs> yeah. Just because I'm, <laughs> yeah. So it's, I can live with it now for sure. That's good. But. Maybe you're just wearing less black in your wardrobe. Yeah. Yeah. I, my, <laughs> my whole fashion has changed since becoming a dog owner. <laughs> Maybe you can tell me a bit about like her getting to Canada and then and then that first night of like picking her up. Yeah, the first night I guess with her as a dog mum. Yeah, God, I was so nervous. Oh my gosh, like extremely nervous. I went through this period I think a month before she arrived where I wasn't. I was getting updates on her, but not as as many. And then the day she was on her way here, um, Tanya who brought her up was hanging out with her and Caitlin, so I was getting a lot of updates and they FaceTimed me with her which was really sweet and I got really emotional um and sending me updates of her like at the airport and getting in her crate and all these things and I started feeling really guilty I'm like oh my god what am I doing I'm like ripping this dog out of her like home country and away from other dogs she probably knows what am I doing and Caitlin was really lovely she's like I think you can provide a much better life for her than living on the street you know so that was a bit of perspective but the day yeah. of, I wasn't feeling well, um, and I actually didn't realize that, like, a few days later I had COVID. <laughs> so I wasn't oh, right. feeling, I was feeling pretty pretty off, but I was extremely anxious. I'm, I can get quite anxious anyway as a human. But the she arrived at, like, 9, 9.30 at night, and... So it was, like, a whole day of waiting, and then my friend, lovely friend Joe, hi Joe again, uh, came and, like, picked me up and we went out to the airport together. Thank God I was going to try and do it by myself. And the waiting at the airport, I think, was the hardest. Like, watching the flight land and, like, waiting for them to come through. And there's this whole logistics of, like, someone has to check Lupa out and check all her paperwork before. So it took ages. I think, like, probably an hour, hour and a half or two. Yeah. Maybe. Because Vancouver Airport's not very big and it wasn't crazy busy at that time of night. Um... But yeah, it was just the anticipation and not knowing, you know, what I was going to get. There was moments of like, what if she hates me? What if she barks at me and bites me when she gets here? You know, what if (laughs) I only hung out with her like twice before, which I was lucky to do. A lot of people who rescue dogs never meet them until the day of. But, you know, your mind goes into crazy places. And so Tanya walks out with this dog crate and I just like start shaking and I'm crying and it's so exciting and I it's a bit of a blur to be honest like I don't even know if I spoke to Tanya which I feel really guilty about because she's so lovely um but I opened the crate and Lupa was really nervous but she came out and she cuddled me and yeah she was fine she did really well I thought who knows you know she flew for 10 hours and in a plane like underneath in the cargo area of a plane by herself it must have been incredibly scary so she's very resilient 
pup. And then, yeah, we got her back to the car and let her pee and stuff and have some water and drove her home. Like, everything was scary, right, getting in the car. And we got back to my apartment building and getting her, like, out of the car and then through the door. She's incredibly scared of doors and going inside places. And then I have an an elevator in my building, and that was, like, crazy she's so scared didn't want to go in it and her collar nearly came off trying to get away so that was all a bit that was a lot but once we got her inside and just calmed down a bit she was fine totally fine and um, yeah just like if, a little bit shaky right like a bit like whoa where the hell the fuck am yeah, I? like what's going on um but we had treats and all of that of course. stuff yeah it was really sweet joe but i mean over like a little toy basket toys and stuff in it for her baby yeah um it's funny because when you you know describe her being shaking from elevators and door frames and buildings like I thought oh that's unusual but no she's a street dog she may have never actually been inside a building or not in a car totally I know it's like incredible you know she would sleep outside or most of her life you know when I got her she's 11 months old so she's mm. spent her whole puppy life on the street um you know for a, for a street dog she's so well behaved inside she's never gone pee or like gone, had an accident inside she's never destroyed wow. any of my stuff and mm. yeah incredibly incredibly res- like clean and, and great which I'm happy about and you know the door thing and stairs even because i have stairs as well that we use within a day she was fine um she like adapted really quickly so i'm lucky I ended up getting really sick. I had COVID and I thought I didn't know I had COVID for a while. I thought I was had allergies and I was taking allergy meds and felt horrible. And I thought I was allergic to her. So that was like oh, no. heartbreaking. <laughs> and then I did a COVID test. I'm like, Oh, okay. That's what it is. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was like strange it was tough it was scary a little bit because um taking her for a walk and not knowing how she is with other dogs and uh yeah I was I surprised myself with how anxious I was with everything um but it was okay like nothing nothing bad happened but yeah it was just learning everything together for the first time and I talked to her a lot and trying to I didn't know if she spoke if she understood English or Spanish so I learned <laughs> some little Spanish words for her um but then I did I find out that. dogs can learn multiple languages which is incredible I just love that you learned a bit of Spanish <laughs> it's like having an exchange student in your house <laughs> I know I know so funny but yeah the very first night that like after the picked her up from the airport um, we kind of like, I kind of designated the, my couch as like a safe space for her and the living room area. And we ended up sleeping on the couch together. Like I didn't want to like move her too much. She crashed out like in the nook of my, 
like arm and shoulder like oh. we like spooned all night and I just didn't want to move because <laughs> she was so like cuddled up she's the cuddliest dog I've ever met it was really oh. sweet <laughs> oh so she was instantly affectionate so there wasn't yeah. any like reservation with with trusting you zero zero reservation wow. yeah she really trusts humans um anyone actually yeah mostly <laughs> she's probably could be a dangerous thing but yeah there was no there was no like behavioral issues at all mm. yeah and like you know how you said that um in the first days or whatever you you felt a bit anxious or nervous like was there something in particular that made you kind of a bit on edge like walking or being around other dogs or anything like that and that maybe you've seen improvements in over time yeah I think um it's it's funny like she wears a harness now but with she would if she got a fright from something just wearing a collar I was worried it would like slip off and we saw a dog walking down the street that like barked at her and she just kind of like lost her shit barking at this dog and that was a real shock like jumping around lunging and stuff because she's not super used to a leash so we had to do a little bit of walking like training with walking on a leash um yeah things like that really like the first week after that dog encounter she was really good meeting other dogs and stuff but since that I don't know something's happened and she's a little bit reactive on leash but she's really loves being off leash running around playing with other dogs um but I think she's learning trust you know learning like I think she's pretty scared of other dogs from living on the street and she has some battle scars probably getting attacked right can imagine how brutal it is living on the street and not having a home so I think she learnt like the first like I've had her now for three months and just over three months and it took her a good couple months to be a puppy again like learn how to be a puppy she's 11 months when I got her now she's just over a year and she's like playing with dogs now like puppy fighting and running around and and stuff which is really beautiful to see but it took her a while to not be in like survival mode 24 7 Mm. and to like know Mm. that I'm there to take care of her so we've got a bit of work to do but yeah she's wise beyond Mm. her years I think sometimes she's like grew up way too quickly I wanted to ask about like your dog support network or your friends like who are your people what's the what's the community like for you in Vancouver now that you know you've had her for a few months um how are you finding it and who are your dog people it's it's a whole new world Annie it's like (laughs) I people just want to talk to me with a dog it's wild like I'm a I was a big walker anyway and I love walking around my neighborhood but now with a dog people will stop in the street and want to pat her and like ask about her she's got really unique uh pattern in her fur like brindle but beautiful colors and she kind of looks a little bit like a tiger um a little little (laughs) tiger and a lot of people just want to stop and like ask questions about her and pat her and that's really cool like I'm meeting all these new people 
had a couple of like I was hoping like I don't know I had a guy like stop jogging who's kind of cute one chat to her and I'm like maybe I'll meet someone with her but there's a lot of I find that you know going to little parks where she can run around and play I've met some really really lovely people that are real dog people that understand dog play and whatnot because I was a bit nervous you know dogs bark and growl a little bit but sometimes it can be innocent and sometimes it can't be so I find people that have rescue dogs as well like get it and they know the uncertainties so I've met a lot of really lovely people that are very trusting and um, help my anxiety levels with (laughs) understanding what's what's good and what's not but she's got some definite friends that she loves playing with Leonardo Theodore (laughs) Like, it's funny with dog, the dog community. I feel like we all know each other's dog names, but not each other's names. Um, oh, my gosh. That is so funny. Yeah. Like, I was, I was walking down the street the other day with her, and I hear someone, like, yelling Lupa's name, like, Lupa! And I turn around, this woman in this car, like, yelling Lupa's name, like, who the hell is that? Like, I didn't know who it was. And then I noticed her dog in the car. I was like, oh, yeah, that's let's Rowan. <laughs> I don't know her name. She was yelling Lupa's name, like asking they were going to the park, asking if we were going there. Um, and I just thought that was hilarious. It's a dog city. Yeah. 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 Are there any like, <laughs> I don't know, unexpected challenges, or unexpected bonuses um, that you just weren't like expecting at all? Yeah, I think there's like a couple like good and bad, like the thing that surprised me the most was how much I love going out taking her for a walk because there were moments where when before I had a dog and it might be really awful cold rainy day and I'm seeing people out walking their dogs and I think oh that sucks like (laughs) I'm so glad I don't have to do that because that did play on my mind a little bit um but I'm often like dragging her out the door like even if it is raining I'm fine to go out I love I love getting out multiple times a day, taking her for a walk. It never has really felt like a burden, which is great. And I think I think what the tough thing is, is just like every dog has their thing. Like every dog has their like past traumas and stuff. And that's like the uncertainty. Like I just want Lupa to have a great time and a great life and, and not have any trouble anymore because she had such like tough little upbringing. But you just never know what you're going to get when you go to a park. Like, I, I avoid, like, proper dog parks that are all fenced in. Dog parks, like, we often, mm. just because, you know, we've had bad experiences at them where she might, a dog might not like her puppy energy and kind of snap at her and her street dog protectiveness kicks in and she can get a little scrappy and, like, stick up for herself and they end up fighting. And that's, that's mm. scary. Um, mm. I don't like that. But at the same time, I understand why she's why she's like that. She's not an oh. ass- she's not an asshole, but yeah, she's a scrappy. She's tough. She can stick up for herself. So I think those kind of things those are hard when you you know you meet a new dog and the dog both dog owners are like, is your dog friendly? And you're kind of doing this like <laughs> like freaking out a little bit. But um, once they do play yeah. like healthily. I just feel so happy and proud and it's nice sharing that with other dog owners. 
Yeah, I definitely see that sense of pride, like when I've spent a little bit of time with you guys. And that also sense of like, not shame, but kind of concern, you know, that you're responsible for her, essentially. Yeah, totally. I know. I just want her to know that I'm there to protect her. And she doesn't have to protect me or herself. But we'll get there. I have to remind myself it's only been a few months, right? And she's doing really, really great. And considering I plucked her off the street during my vacation it's kind of cliche a little bit but yeah it was love like it's funny my friend Katie said to me uh when I got back and after I got Lupa and stuff she's like it's funny I really wanted you to find love on your trip because I was in Mexico for a month uh but I didn't expect this (laughs) finding a dog so I was like yeah I'm happier it worked out this way Okay, you briefly touched on this, but dog as a pickup method, true or false? <laughs> true. Haven't proven that yet, but I'm, I'm going to. Yes. <laughs> I'm so here for this. I'm excited. There'll be part two. <laughs> okay, excellent. Great. Um, dog as a mental health boost, true or false? Absolutely true in all capitals. Okay, one thing you love most about dog life? The companionship. One thing you miss most about your life pre-dog? Being spontaneous. That's a good one. What's the most expensive thing that you've bought for her and don't lie? (laughs) Oh, God. Um, Probably a dog bed. I bought a lot of expensive things. Dog bed was probably like, like 150, but I was wanting to spend like 250. Like I just look at dog things all the time. I'm like, oh, that's a cute leash. Maybe we want that one as well, or that harness, or maybe I want a new treat bag. You know, just weird. Like all the targeted ads now are not fashion for me. They're dog things. I love it. Um, what's, what's her favorite toy? She goes through phases, but there's one, this little duck I call Ducky that is, has no stuffing or anything in it. It's just this, it was tiny. I ordered it on Amazon and I came and I'm like, this is tiny. This little duck soft toy that has a squeaker in it. And she loves it. She'll like sleep with it sometimes. And it's so tattered and disgusting, but she goes back to it. <laughs> after she gets sick of all her other toys. I remember that. It's like her teddy bear. Like she goes on her bed with her. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What's your favorite time of the day with her? In the morning, like when we're both waking up and she, she yawns and makes this little like sound when she yawns and she'll come crawling up to me because she usually sleeps down the bottom of the bed and we'll be my little spoon and we'll cuddle in and we'll have morning cuddles. Oh. Um, and finally, the first trip that you'll do with her, maybe a road trip, um, what would that be? Oh, yeah. So I'm planning one right now, actually, where my friend K 
Katie, who I mentioned before, she lives on Salt Spring Island, which is an island off of Vancouver. And she has a beautiful house and property there with her husband, Mike. And they have a dog, Murphy. And we're going to go over for a couple of days, catch a ferry. Going to get a car and take her over there. And she can run around their big property and go nuts. Oh, my God. It sounds so dreamy. When are you going to do that? I think in a few weeks. Yeah. Oh, I've got some time off. That's I'm so excited for you guys. Me too. I'm nervous but excited. Yay, your first trip. Yeah. Can't wait to hear all about it. Thanks so much for tuning in. This is actually my last episode for season one, but I'm going to be back with plenty more stories um, in the upcoming months. And actually, I'll be recording a lot more on the road during my travels. If you enjoyed this episode or you think any of your dog or pet loving friends would love it, then please share it around. I'd be so grateful for that. See you soon.